0: are you struggling to lose weight? Have you tried (laughs) so many different things? Have you heard of intermittent fasting but you haven't really understood much about it? In this episode I'm going to share a little bit of my weight loss story post the birth of my second child and about how I use intermittent fasting as a tool to help me keep the weight off, to keep me feeling good, to keep me kind of more in control of my eating of my body and to give me a tool that I can use when I don't feel so in control are you feeling overrun and wrung out by the juggle of being a working mum Do you just wish that you could be calmer and more patient at work and when you come home to your family? But there are so many things that need to be done, and there are so many expectations on you. Do you wish you just had the space and the time and the capacity to be able to make choices that you know would leave you feeling healthier and happier, but you just don't have any wiggle room? Welcome to the Managing Mum Podcast. I'm your host, Charlotte, a working mum of two with a very busy, very active life. As a qualified personal trainer and a wellbeing coach, and as a mum who has felt all of these things, my aim is to help you learn how to manage the juggle so that you can feel healthier and happier and lighter, and you can build great relationships at work and at home, and so that you can move closer to that ever-elusive work-life balance. While I may well offer suggestions such as taking a bubble bath, I'm also going to help you figure out how to do it without feeling guilty. So run that bath, tie up your bun, and lock the bathroom door. We're learning how to juggle. Okay, so here we are, post-Christmas Boxing Day. I don't know about you, but I have eaten a lot this Christmas period. I'm feeling a little bit heavy, um, but I have enjoyed it. I have just gotten with it. I have enjoyed the food. I've enjoyed the people. I have not got myself too wound up about it. But now we are post-Christmas and I am going to go back into my use of intermittent fasting to help me get back on track. And so today I just wanted to talk a little bit about how it's worked for me and about how it might be able to work for you and why it works. I really struggled to breastfeed my son. I didn't have enough milk for him. But I think that actually the problem was I, I just actually didn't have enough information about the fact that the more you feed your baby, the more milk your body produces, and I was completely in that kind of deep, dark forest of being a new mum and I, I didn't really know how to manage it. So I followed the incredibly vigorous routines of some parenting manual that I read that meant that I fed him for 10 minutes on one side, burped him, changed his nappy, 10 minutes on the other side, and then I tried to put him down. And then I spent the rest of the night before the next alarm for feeding went off, pacing up and down the hallway, desperately trying to get the starving baby to go to sleep. And as a result of this, I was absolutely starving too. I remember just wanting to eat everything in sight. I was stressed. I was sleep deprived. I was completely overwhelmed. And I spent a lot of time going to the closest petrol station to buy more treats oh uh, when i think back on it what a time (laughs) and i also remember watching my friends who'd had babies at the same time literally shrinking before my eyes as they fed their babies and they lost weight and they looked better than they ever had some of them where I, on the other hand, was, was growing, I was expanding, and I, was, I put on a huge amount of weight post his birth. Between the birth of Oliver and Sierra, I, I think I did lose a bit of weight, but I can't remember how I did this. And then Sierra was born. It was hard lockdown. I had a toddler. And so when it came to the feeding for her, I tried a different tactic. She slept in our bed for nine weeks. And I basically just let her be on me for as long as she wanted. I mean, who cares if I was a human dummy? Who cares what habits I was creating? And actually, by that stage, I'd learned a lot more about babies. I was much more aware of breastfeeding and how to manage them in that time. And also the importance of that kind of holding them close. Anyway. That's a whole nother nother story, a whole nother episode. But with Sierra, we had a completely different issue. We found out at three months old that she had a hole in her heart. And so her feeding regime became a task of mammoth proportions because we were basically getting her prepared for surgery in the middle of COVID. She was on the red line on the growth chart And we had a dietician who was helping us get her strong enough that she could have surgery. So she fed nine times a day. So you can imagine, I had little time for anything else except trying to give Oliver a little bit of the time and the, the attention that he needed where I could. I couldn't even think about my own health, my own body, my own well-being. And nine months after her birth... I was heavier than I had been on the day that I had actually given birth to her. It was post-Christmas of 2020, and I got to the point, finally, when I decided to stop breastfeeding her, she had actually grown enough, miraculously, not to have the surgery at that stage. And I had got to the point where I could start making some changes to my lifestyle, so that I could feel a bit more comfortable. The last few months before this time had been such a blur. And I remember in January 2021, coming out of the fog of it into a new year, Sierra was well enough for me to stop breastfeeding. I decided that I wanted to feel comfortable again. And this was the start. What I remember about that time was that the change that I wanted to make was more about feeling comfortable in my body and in my clothes than it was about confidence. I don't remember feeling bad about myself or or having a negative body image. And actually, episode 16, if you want to go back to that episode and have a listen, talks about having a positive body image. And I think that by this stage, I had been able to foster that. I had worked really hard to get past my negative body image and I think that this lingers with us in some respects all the time but I don't remember being embarrassed about my body or unhappy in it. I just remember feeling uncomfortable in my clothes and wanting to feel healthier and actually just wanting to feel more in control of my body and how I fed it and how I looked after it. So, in January 2020, I went back to the intermittent fasting that I had been practicing on and off over the last few years, pre-having my babies, and then in that time between them. Having struggled with my weight for many years, it has always been a part of my life, and having been on and off every diet from Weight Watchers to literally eating an orange for breakfast and popcorn for lunch and nothing for supper, I found that intermittent fasting has been a tool and a way of life that has been so useful for me in this respect. But also in the benefits of actually just feeling clearer and more with it, less fuzzed up by the intake of things that I shouldn't be eating or heavy after a breakfast that I haven't actually really needed. So okay, so let's talk about why why does this work? Why does intermittent fasting work? Dr. Jason Fung or Fung, I'm not quite sure how you say it, whose information I will put in the show notes and who you can find lots of information from on YouTube, offers the best analogy I've heard about why intermittent fasting works. This analogy kind of makes it just that little bit more understandable for those of us who are not scientists and who want to kind of get to know what is going on in our bodies. And he offers the analogy of a fridge-freezer system. So if you think about your body as this fridge-freezer system, the fridge is your blood sugar and the freezer is your body fat. When you eat, you put food in the fridge and what happens for those of us who are insulin resistant, if you've heard that term before, is that when we eat, when our blood sugar levels go up, and this is kind of my understanding of it, you probably need to speak to a doctor to get more clarity on this, but this is a very basic understanding of it. When we eat, our blood sugar levels go up. Our pancreas pumps out insulin when this is the case and this opens the doors between the fridge and the freezer so that food or energy is being pushed from the fridge into the freezer. Then these doors close and the resistance happens, the insulin resistance happens when these freezer doors are closed and they don't listen to the insulin to open them up the other way. So when insulin is pumping through our bodies, the doors don't open so that we can get anything out of the freezer. We've put food into the freezer and now the doors are shut and we feel a bit wobbly and we then end up filling up the fridge more, which then sends a a message to the pancreas to pump out more insulin, which then opens the doors to take the food into the freezer, but closes the doors that allow us to take the food out. I hope that makes sense. (laughs) So how do we change this? When we fast, we empty the fridge of food. And when our blood sugar levels are no longer spiking, the pancreas stops producing insulin. And now those resistant freezer doors, those doors that were resistant to the message of of insulin or, or the message told them to stay closed, they can now open And we suddenly have access to this whole freezer full of food that we haven't had access to before. And we end up making use of our body fat to energize us, to keep us going. So the longer we fast, the longer we're making use of the energy that has been, or the the food that has been stored in the freezer to function. Then what happens is that as soon as we put food into the fridge, insulin is released and this causes the freezer doors to close and once again we're using energy from the fridge to function. So (laughs) I hope that I have explained this well enough for you to get the gist of the analogy. And basically we need to empty the fridge of all of the food that's in it so that our body goes to the freezer to get the energy it needs to function and it uses up our body fat to do this. The first few hours of our fast will then see us using up the contents of those fri- that fridge, the sugars that are in our bloodstream. And it's in the hours after that fridge has been completely emptied of anything that we can then move into using up the freezer. I, I actually love this analogy as motivation. When I wake up in the morning, I'm clearing out my freezer. I'm getting rid of all the food that has been sitting there for months and months and months not being used because I keep filling up my fridge. I, I, yeah, I just kind of sometimes I love to have a good clear out of my literal freezer. And this analogy just is it really works to keep me to keep me motivated. So how do we get started? And what is the best way to fast? There are various different ways to fast, but I'm going to talk about what I use because I think that for those of us who are busy, we're working, we're looking after children, the 16-8 fast is the best way to do this. And I very much invite you to go and look up the other ways that you can do this fasting. But for me, the 16-8 is definitely the most sustainable What this means is that you eat during an eight-hour window and you fast then for a 16-hour period between these eight-hour windows. So the most common way to do this is to eat from 12 p.m. from midday until 8 p.m. That's your eight-hour window. And then you fast from 8 p.m. until 12 p.m. the following day. The, the joy of this is that you actually only eat and have to prepare two meals a day. You don't even have to think about breakfast. You can get the children ready for school and have a quick cup of coffee, but you don't need to make yourself a meal. And it's cheaper because you're actually just eating less. In fact, I really think I can't think of a reason not not to do this kind of fasting. And I can hear you saying, yes, but Charlotte breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And I have to say that I think that this was a very clever marketing campaign that was run at some point by some breakfast cereal company to tell us that we have to be eat breakfast so that they could basically sell us more bran flakes. I absolutely think that you can do without breakfast. And actually, doing without breakfast will make a huge difference to your health physically and mentally. And I hear you, it is overwhelming to not think about to think about not eating breakfast when you've eaten breakfast all your life. Won't I be starving? How will I function? How will I even get to ten o'clock without feeling like I am falling apart, like I desperately need something to eat. And so my suggestion then is just to start slow. I remember going away for ten days earlier this year And now that I'm in my fasting routine, and I know it so well, we were on holiday. So there was breakfast provided for us every day. We were out of routine. The breakfast was for delicious. And so for 10 days, I ate breakfast. And when I got back home and got back into my normal routine and started fasting, it was really hard. The first few days I would wake up and As I woke up, I would already feel kind of wobbly and needing something to to increase my blood sugar levels or to give me the energy that I needed to get on with the day. And it took a few days before I could last until 10 a.m. And then it took another couple of weeks before I could last until 12 p.m. And I'm back into the place where actually there are days where I can last until 6 p.m or 8 p.m sometimes I can do a 24 hour fast I don't think that that is necessary but I do it for faith reasons and I find that I actually it's it's much easier for me to do so for you I think to practice it to start slow maybe doing it twice a week until 10 a.m and then seeing it if you can extend these times a little bit and then maybe you do it three times a week. Until you build up to that place where you're fasting five days a week until 12 p.m. Or seven days a week. I do it five days a week because on the weekends we all have breakfast together. It's a nice time to be together. There's not such a rush and we can then enjoy brunch with friends or whatever the case may be. So I generally do it five days a week and then on the weekends I eat breakfast normally. I have read that for women... A 14-hour fast is enough. So I invite you to try, try it out. See see what works for you. I obviously think that the longer you fast, if we're looking at this analogy, the longer you're using up your freezer. And I mean, that can't be a bad thing. But yeah, give it a try and do some more research into it to look at what would work best for you and for your body. And then practice. Work out What works for you? Does it work for you to fast longer? Does it work for you to fast shorter? The other thing to remember is that when you come out of a fast, at the beginning, you're going to be starving. You're going to think, oh, I now just want to eat everything. What I found now is that when I come out of a fast, quite quickly, I'm very full. So I try to eat really slowly when I come out of a fast. I have a lunch prepared. I am organized so that I have something ready and waiting for me and then I eat that really slowly and I think that probably my stomach must have shrunk a little bit because I'm I'm really full really quickly when I come out of a fast and so I will then have my lunch and I might have a snack in kind of mid to late afternoon and then have my supper again before 8 p.m. I do think that it also depends on what we're eating. So if you're eating, you know, a lot of protein, some good fats, some carbohydrates, it all depends on what kind of diet you enjoy and what works for you. That is going to impact how you feel the next day. So it's always interesting also to journal. What's happening for me if I've woken up in the morning and it's eight o'clock and I'm already feeling like I'm desperate for something to eat? Remembering also that there's a difference between being hungry or needing energy to being bored. Often we eat because we're bored or we're upset about something. Notice, I desperately need something to eat or I desperately want something to eat. What did you eat the night before? What's going on in your life that is causing this longing, this desire for something to eat? you know journal a little bit around your experience as you get started so that you can notice what i eat the day before that makes me feel good the following day that allows me to go for longer the following day what do i eat the day before that al- that doesn't allow me to go for longer that that makes me crave something or want to eat where am i emotionally or in terms of boredom that pushes me to reach for something to eat, that pushes me to grab something, and when we are feeling that drive to go and get something to eat, make a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. The other thing that I suggest is that you drink a lot, a lot of tea, a lot of coffee, but without milk in it, because milk has lactose, which causes a spike in those insulin levels. My husband and I have a splash of cream in our coffee in the mornings because cream doesn't have any sugar in it. And so that's something that you can try. But just make sure that you are taking in lots of liquids, a lot of water, always good. And yeah, just journal around what the experience is like for you. There are many, many, many benefits other than losing weight to fasting. But for now, I think that on this Boxing Day, when we're all feeling a little bit heavy, when we want to get ready for the new year, when we're thinking about moving into trying something new, perhaps when we're thinking about New Year's resolutions, which I think so many of us probably are at this stage, it's a great benefit that I think that we can use when we're, we're juggling this life and we want to feel good and healthy and fit into our clothes and feel comfortable in them is the weight loss that comes with intermittent fasting. If this is something that you want to try, just to kind of summarize it, I suggest that you follow these steps. Step one, as I've said, is to start slow decide how you're going to start in terms of the days and the times that week that you're going to fast for. And then step two, prepare yourself for the week ahead. Make sure first of all that you're mentally prepared as you get started. It's really important I think to to have a mental kind of idea of what we're trying to do, what we're doing here. Look at your goals Determine what you are prepared to do to stick to them and then where you can be flexible. That flexibility I'm thinking of really comes if you're not feeling good. If you're not feeling good, don't push on. But if you're wanting to eat because you're bored or you are kind of, um, there's something going on for you emotionally that's kind of pushing you into reaching reaching for the fridge door, Think about the fridge that's in your body. Think about emptying that fridge first. You can be disciplined enough to push through. It's, it's all in the head, I think. So get to know the difference between I'm really physically not feeling good and oh, mentally, emotionally, I'm not feeling good so that you can catch yourself before you give up, before you go and get something to eat. Number three is to take it day by day. We are human. We have good days and we have bad days. Some days will be incredibly easy and some days will be really difficult. So listen to your body. This is a a really also a nice tool to get to know your body. What does my body need? What does it want from me? And take your body's lead. If it's not hungry, if you're feeling strong and good and there are no physical hunger pangs, Let your body lead you rather than letting your mind lead you. Number four is (laughs) is keep going. It's not going to be a quick fix. It's going to take time to get into a routine. You're going to take a few weeks or a few months to notice the change in how you feel um, mentally clearer and also in how you feel that change in your body. One of the things I suggest is if you are exercising, perhaps when you start off not to exercise in a fasted state, the, you can move into that point. I now exercise every day in a fasted state and I'm fine. But it takes a bit of time for your body to get used to now burning those extra calories. Obviously, when we're exercising in a fasted state, we're using more and more of that freezer. So you can build up to that. But give yourself some some time to get used to it. And then you will start to notice the change as you keep going. But that is this really step four, keep going, keep pushing through. And then step five is just to give yourself grace when there is space to to have some grace, to have some flexibility. For instance, when you're going on holiday or you're at a conference or you've got a school function and there are there is food available to you. There is space for that little bit of grace. You can play around with it and have some fun with it. I am not a doctor or a scientist and I just really, really want to put a caveat out there that this information is coming to you purely out of what I have read and researched from those who are doctors and scientists and the way that I see what they're saying and out of my own practice of this practice of this tool. It comes out of the research that I've done that I've offered to clients as a health coach, as a way to lose weight, but also as a way for all of us to feel less lethargic, to feel more energized. So I really invite you to do your own research. Go and look up more about this. We can also chat about it more if you want to drop me a line and I can talk about More about my experience, more about what you need, what's happening for you, and how I can support you as an accountability partner if you need something like that. Um, But yes, go out, do some research, find out a little bit more about it, and feel free to contact me if if you need any help around that. I also suggest that if you are going to look into this, you might like to talk to your doctor before you start fasting. There may be various reasons for you why it's not good for you to fast. And so it's always good to check with our doctors before we we embark on something like this. But in general, I do think that we were not made to eat the way that we do. We were not made to have food readily available to us. We were made to go out and hunt for food and then to feast on what we had caught and then to fast until the next feast, until the next hunt. And in today's age, we just have this food on demand all the time. And I think that it's caused imbalances to the systems in our bodies that, that keep us physically and mentally and emotionally healthy. So as you move out of Christmas, as we move into this new year that's coming up for us, or wherever you are when you're listening to this. Give intermittent fasting a try, have some fun, play around with it, get to know your body and what it needs. And maybe in the process you might lose some weight, and you also might find a way of doing so that doesn't restrict the kinds of foods you're eating, but rather just restricts when you eat them, so that you can enjoy delicious foods, you can take advantage of what is on offer without feeling like you shouldn't be eating it. You just eat it in the right times. If you are struggling with your weight, with your body image, with feeling like you just can't stop eating, please feel free to contact me. I would love to have a free 30-minute chat with you about what might be going on for you and how I can help you in any way to find freedom from this, to be an accountability partner for you. I love seeing women break free of their anxieties around their bodies and around food, and to just enjoy a more controlled, a happier relationship with food and with themselves. It is a real honor and a privilege for me to spend this time with you sharing what I have experienced and everything that I have learned. And it can get quite lonely on the side of the mic, So if you have enjoyed this podcast, or if you've found anything useful in it, I would so appreciate if you would go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. It really lets me know that I actually am making an impact, which is the best thing for me. And if you know of any other mums that you think might like this podcast, any mums who are managing it all, so basically all of them, please share this podcast with them so that we can build a village of happy, healthy mums.